Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series Season 5 and we're on the journey with Keith Hunt of Red-Headed Step Tacos as we do a mini experiment to launch a food truck. Let's find out whether we're getting tacos this weekend coming. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur, Mr. Keith Hunt, Taco Extraordinaire. How are you? Doing great. Thanks a lot, Alan. Good to be here. <laughs> How's military training going? Because it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken, but I think you're still there, aren't you? Yes, it's going well. You know, it's been a few months since I was actually out doing field training, things like that. So it's reminding me how much time has passed, uh, you know, without doing the rigorous daily physical training. So, you know, it's, it's kicking my butt a little bit. But for the most <laughs> part, I'm just in the kitchen making food, which, you know, that doesn't help uh, when I'm out in the field either. But yeah, I'm having a good time either way. Excellent. And at the last of, end of last episode, you'd taken on the food truck, you'd committed, you were going for it. And we were all out going for the launch at the end of the month. Well, towards the end of the month, actually, it would be next week at this point. So you had a few things to do, the permit application, start the promotion, all of those different bits. Tell me, where have you got to and what's happened since we've last spoken? Yeah, so uh, I had an epiphany. Uh, actually, it was more my mom giving me some great <laughs> advice. <laughs> Got to give her credit. Actually, as we ended the episode, I was uh, over here, as I mentioned, recording at their house to get a nice quiet uh, recording studio we're very grateful yes <laughs> and she said hey uh, why don't you just message this guy that owns the trailer ask if he can give you some type of extension you know since you've got the training you're going to the you know the health permit you got to wait on this and that and so i'd actually considered that before but that just hadn't followed through with it and so i reached out to him i think that night actually and just said, hey, here's the situation. You know, I didn't really anticipate having this training, you know, for this first two weeks. And he responded back and graciously agreed to let me extend it by two weeks. And basically, he uh, said, you know, military brothers got to help each other out. Because as I think I mentioned, he's a, a veteran himself. So, you know, once again, like I said, always good to form those relationships with people. And so uh, I still am going to have to make my first month's payment on the trailer, but um, I thought that would still be worth it to give me an extra two weeks to get out there and sell some products. So I guess that's one of the big developments. So he's said that because the basic test was for a month, and then if after a month you wanted to walk away, you could. Correct. Basically, he's just extended that to six weeks. You still have to pay for the whole six weeks, but he's just extended it and said okay, we'll make that decision two weeks later. Correct. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, it just gives me two additional weekends to sell food if I get my permit by that time or, you know, a little more time to get my permit in place to hopefully at least get, you know, one or two good weekends in there before I have to make that decision. So so actually, I, that was one of the things I was most nervous about last time was that you'd taken this deal. We didn't even have a permit and we were 
like getting out there almost instantly. I, I was nervous for you. So I think your mum has come up with a fantastic thought there for you. I think, yeah, give her a huge hug for that one. <laughs> yes, definitely. So the state of the permit last time, that I think was our second biggest fear was the permit. And you were going off the next day to fill out the form and do that. Where are we with the permit? Because it's been about a week since we've spoken. Exactly. So yeah, just uh, one thing I'm realizing now after having filled out the permit application is, you know, I probably could have at least gotten started on it. They do want you to have like a menu. They want to see your menu. They want to know what kind of equipment you're going to have. I could have probably filled out kind of the bare bones information and then sent it over and said, hey, I'm looking for a trailer right now. Can I just turn this in to get in the system and gotten a little bit of a head start? So maybe a tip for someone else who's following in my footsteps, you know, doesn't hurt to start that conversation early. But yeah, basically, it just so happened that the uh, facility where I was training was just down the road from where the environmental health office was uh, <laughs> for my county. And it was actually worked out quite well because uh, it would be about an hour, hour and a half drive for me to get there from my house. And so my military friends, they're very excited of, about me opening up and they said, oh, this is just, you know, it was literally five minutes up the road. They're like, we got to go there. And so I had my application in hand because I was trying to fill it out when I had some free time. And uh, actually the, my sergeant over me, she says, uh, we're going there. I, I don't care what you say. We're taking you there. You're turning in what you got. You're talking to them. We're doing something to help you get this ball rolling. I love that. I love that. <laughs> what support. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that I actually only had, there's the application, which is one portion. I turned that in that pretty much within a couple of days after our last discussion. Then there's the, I think they call it the site plan, which is a very long and detailed application 10 or 12 pages and it's asking for the specific equipment you're using and essentially it's for if you're opening a new brick and mortar restaurant or mobile food trailer it doesn't matter basically they everyone's got to do it and it's kind of with the intention of you turn it in before you start building in my case it was a little different because i already got the trailer in place but i still had to go in fill all that out so that took me a few more days and um, I was back in the area again for some more training and was able to go turn in the uh, that second portion actually yesterday and got a response this morning that they received it and they sent me an invoice. I paid the invoice. They said it's on the inspector's desk today. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, one thing I would love to say, Keith, is that I'm so impressed that you just go to the office and see people because I think so many times... We just fill in the form online, send it off and hope. One of the things I'd love people to take away from listening to this series of podcasts that we've been doing together is your ability just to go and see the truck owner, just to drive and see the restaurant owner, just to go into the office. I think that is incredible and something that I'd love everyone to take away from this. Like if you have to see someone, just go and see them especially in non-COVID times, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can actually see someone face-to-face, -face, it makes such a difference. So, yeah, congratulations. And I want to say that's excellent. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting you say that because um, I had been emailing one of the inspectors, you know, in the last couple of months just with a couple general questions. And I actually asked her, hey, is this 
um, application something I can email to you because like I said, it was over an hour's drive. And she responded, no, that's sorry. We don't accept email applications. You either have to snail mail it or come and drop it off. So had it not been that I was in the area, you know, it would have been a big inconvenience, but I showed up at the location. I handed in my first application and I just said, you know what, I'm going to ask her here at the front desk and see if that's really the case. So I said, well, here's my first application. I'm working on the site plan. You know, is that something I could email to you? He goes, oh yeah, here's my email address. Here you go. Just go ahead and email that over. And so it's funny. I think part of it has to do with, like you said, being there in person, you know, either that or they just, there's just some miscommunication, who knows. But yeah, so when I went in the second time, you know, she recognized me and she pulled out my file and she put it in. So it felt like there was some more urgency and that she was, you know, like, oh, he's here. I got to get this, uh, you know, this rolling. Whereas a email in an inbox, you can just let it sit there and not have to open it even. So, mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. Completely agree. So we are going through this currently. And the plan last time was to get out there for this weekend coming, which is the 14th, 15th. How is that looking? The only answer they'd give me as far as timeline on the permit was, oh, well, we're required by the state to um, have a response to you within 30 days, I believe she said. Um, but That's yeah. the entire time you've got left for the truck. <laughs> exactly. So, but basically she was saying, you know, between you and me, it's probably not going to take that long. But, you know, that's just the canned answer that we have to give you, you know, to kind of protect themselves, I guess. So what I'm going to do is if I don't hear from the inspector directly in the next day or two, I'm going to probably reach out to the front office again and ask uh, what the status is. And specifically, I'm just going to say, is there any type of way to expedite this, you know, like maybe pay a small fee to get it brought up to the front of the line, something like that. And I'll, you know, maybe just mention that I'm, I've only got this trailer kind of for this short amount of time to test it out. And if there's, you know, any way they can help me out, that would be greatly appreciated. You know, worst case, they say no, and I just have to wait a little longer, I guess. Because you've kind of put a little bit of pressure on yourself here, Keith. You've uh, taken on a 30-day test before having the permit, which takes 30 days to get here. You've, uh, (laughs) You've introduced a little bit of stress and pressure into the world. Yes, that is correct. And, you know, I had the best intentions of doing a, uh, you know, a pop-up experiment. So, yeah, I guess worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. And I think at that point, I would just have to roll with it and give it my best foot forward. Like, I think the trailer owner's pretty reasonable guy. If it got two, three months into it and was just failing miserably, I don't think he would want you know, me to just keep slugging away and not making any money. I think I mentioned that he helped the previous person who was uh, renting it from him. They were having some struggles making sales and he actually worked with the guy to adapt his menu and things like that. He's got a lot of experience in the restaurant space, food truck space. So that gives me a little bit of a, uh, you know, reassurance that even in a worst case scenario, we'll just have to make it work. <laughs> When you make a decision and it's done, there's no point thinking about what's happened before. You just have to get on with it. And I think you're doing that very well. I think with hindsight, you, as you said earlier, would have given yourself a bit more time, got the application in earlier, 
done a few of those things. But once you've made the decision, we don't really have an option, Keith, do we? We've made the decision. We've just <laughs> got to make this happen now. Yes, that's exactly right. And yeah, like you said, there's no sense in, oh, should have done this, should have done that. You know, it's like you find yourself in a tough sports game, you know, with your team and you got injured guys and this and that, you know, it's like you could talk about how they should have done this other play or whatever. But, you know, at that point, you just got to work with what you've got and make the most of it. And as you've probably seen, I like to try to find a way, no matter what, sometimes try too hard <laughs> to force something that <laughs> that I need to move on from. But yeah, I'm pretty confident just based on talking to people in the area that are doing the, the same thing I am that one way or another, we can make it work. Yes. And I think the lesson I would love to give to those of you listening is you cannot control how long government organizations will take to come back to you. You can hustle you can speak to them, you can ask nicely, <laughs> but that's about the extent of it. And then it's up to them. So if you are going for a permit, a contract, something like that, just allow time, allow time. Hopefully, Keith, you can speak to this lady and we can get it expedited and she'll be on top of it. That's kind of all we can hope for. So in the meantime, you're going to make the phone call I guess we just need to focus on making the best of this experiment we can. So what else do you need to do to be ready to trade when the permit comes through? What do you need to put in place? That's a great question. And I'm glad I came prepared with my list here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good list. Yes. Yeah, so uh, another major thing right now I'm dealing with is the insurance on the trailer. So basically, even to move the trailer off of the property where it was being stored, the owner, rightfully so, uh, required me to have some type of insurance in place with certain minimums and everything so that he was protected. And so I called my current insurance company. They shopped around, found, you know, some kind of temporary solution. And the issue I'm running into is to tow the trailer. I obviously need a towing vehicle and I don't currently own one. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm happy to rent one, but the way the insurance policies work, at least the ones he was finding, essentially don't have an option for having your trailer with a rental vehicle on kind of a long-term basis, uh, you know, for business use. If you're just transporting it, you know, from A to B just to store it or whatever, it's kind of fine for that. So um, I actually just messaged him today and I said, hey, I'm still trying to get my hands on a towing vehicle. In the meantime, can you please find a long-term solution for me in case I have to go the rental route? You know, I need to be able to have the trailer protected even for business use, you know, even if I were to use a rental. So he's working on that for me. And I'm going to look into some other, uh, I got a recommendation from actually the trailer owner for someone I could call that maybe it'll help me out. So I need to kind of shop around and, get that in place um, so that if I um, don't have my own towing vehicle by that time, um, I can at least use a rental. So. so do you think you're going to like put a hitch on your current vehicle or do you have to buy a brand new one? Are you still driving the limousine that we saw on the Choose FI Facebook group? <laughs> so I have the limousine, but it was not built for towing, unfortunately. 
<laughs> I couldn't imagine you driving around. Um, was the only vehicle you could get to fit all your kids in, wasn't it? Sort of. I, there were definitely other options, but not this cool looking for this cheap. So I went with the limo, uh, a 20-year-old limo. <laughs> Don't let your audience get the wrong impression. It was not an expensive limo. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, as you, I think, alluded to in the last episode, we are growing our family, presumably for the last time. So uh, my wife is, uh, we're expecting baby number eight in the end of June. So perfect time to have a baby right in the middle of a experiment, a taco wow. experiment. <laughs> so as part of that, we are being, uh, you could say, forced to upgrade to a larger vehicle because we're currently maxed out even with the old limo. So um, I'd actually been looking at the, I like to call them the church shuttle vans, the uh, 12 to 15 passenger shuttle vans. So actually that's what my parents grew, I'm sorry, drove growing up. And so I'm actually very familiar with those. <laughs> but um, the advantage to that is, what do you know, they're uh, also very powerful and good for towing. I've been looking for a used one for a reasonable price for a couple of months now. And it's just a matter of finding the right one in the right price range. So yeah, the uh, taco hauler will also be the kid hauler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So we've got the insurance and the truck. Keith, I think there is a fine line between diving in and learning along the way and being underprepared. Which side of that line do you think you were on when you started? Do you mean my most recent experiment yes here. this experiment yeah uh i would say i definitely planned to jump right in when i got back from my army training you know that i'd been gone to for five months i definitely didn't expect to jump in quite so soon and i feel like i definitely could have been more prepared like i said um, doing some more research and you know investigating I think I kind of jumped on that opportunity with the trailer that came up just because it, you know, was such a good opportunity. I know that isn't always the best, you know, advice for someone. There's always going to be a deal somewhere. It's like, you know, in real estate, you fall in love with the house. You think it's the one. It's the only one. Yeah, I must yeah. buy it now. It'll go. Ah! Yeah, exactly. And then you find one, you know, a week later that you like even more. And so I'm sure... I could have found something else to work it out, but do I regret it? I would say at this point, no, time will tell, but um... <laughs> time will tell. We'll find out in the next yes. episode. <laughs> yeah. But I know we, we kind of discussed this, like, you know, in our recent uh, talks about what's kind of the worst case scenario. Um, luckily right now we had a bit of a buffer in the bank and, you know, even in a worst case, if I lost everything, I hate to say it, but I was okay with that. And even, uh, believe it or not, my wife was, you know, on board as well. So um, I think she, you know, she's got faith in me and the idea as well. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. But yeah, definitely. So to answer your original question, I'd say I'm kind of in the middle, but maybe leaning slightly to could have waited a little longer. But uh, <laughs> the circumstances kind of drew me in, you could say. I think one thing I would like to say to all entrepreneurs out there is when someone offers you an opportunity, they will always pitch it that you must do it now because they want to get the deal done. Mm -hmm. And we as entrepreneurs go, there's an opportunity. This is my dream. It's there. And we get excited. And I think 
for everyone listening, if this is you and you're on the edge, just take a breath, pause, and slow down. Because it's very unlikely that the opportunity will disappear in a week. It's very unlikely. Like, I don't know how long he'd had that van up on Facebook, but it probably would have been there in a week's time and we could have taken a couple of visits, done some more different bits on it. So I just think I wanted to say to everyone listening, like, just take a breath, just relax. There is always another opportunity. And I don't know if you've heard of Warren Buffett's punch card analogy. Have you heard of that, Keith? I don't believe I have, no. So it really did strike me. And this was, I actually used his punch card thing for when I was buying property. And the idea is you have one of those little cards and it's got like the little punches on you know, like when you go and get a coffee and they like punch it because you get your voucher and you get your 10th coffee free. So you've got a punch card with 10 on. And his theory was you can only make 10 deals in your lifetime. If you could only make 10 deals in your lifetime, how would that change your behavior with the deals that come up? Yeah, definitely uh, would think them through very thoroughly. <laughs> And you take a little bit more time over it. So when I was doing property, it's a fairly big decision to buy a rental property. I had that thought, I want this deal to be right. I don't want to jump in too early. I put in a lot of offers. I got rejected a lot and I took it a lot easier. So I think sometimes it's just worth thinking, is this the right deal to hit the punch card? And we've done it. We're going to do it. And we're going to find out if it's the right deal to hit yeah. the punch card. <laughs> I just wanted to say that to the audience listening. When you're coming up to the deal, know that it's probably still going to be there a week later, no matter what someone says. They're always telling you that stuff, like it'll be gone <laughs> by next week. And it's called time-based selling. Yes, that's a great point. And, you know, obviously they say um, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm thinking probably a good <laughs> a good exercise would have been to create kind of um i worked in the automotive industry design engineering side and they make these charts they i believe they use them in other industries as well but basically you say okay this is the activity that needs to happen this is the estimated time this is when it could start and then here's the second activity it can't start until the first activity is done and basically project management you just rearrange everything you say okay What's the earliest that we could launch based on this information? And then I could go to the guy and say, hey, I really want this right away. I know you're trying to, you know, get rid of it right away. But, you know, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm not, you know, using it to its full extent. And then I have to give it back to you. And, you know, so to make it best for both of us, you know, I've looked at my schedule and what needs to happen. And realistically, I think that I wouldn't be able to launch, uh, you know, for two and a half months or whatever the case may be. And he might grumble and whatever. And then you say, well, you know, I wish we could make it happen, but you know, maybe I'm going to have to walk away. And, you know, maybe at that point they say, uh, you know what, that might be my best option. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that did not unfortunately cross my mind at the time. But like you said, we'll run with it and see what happens here. That's absolutely fine. And I think sometimes when that happens, you can say to them, like, I can't do it for this long. And they'll go, oh, I don't know. And you can say, well, okay, like you can still try and sell it. If it hasn't sold in a month's half time, then come back to me or I'll come back to you and let's see if we can do it then. Um, exactly. And you do risk losing the deal. Like there is a chance that it'll go away, that they sell it to someone else. 
but sometimes that's a risk worth taking. But look, we are where we are. We're working on the insurance. We're working on the application, the permit. We're working on the church shuttle van uh, for the trailer (laughs) and the new arrival. We've got a huge amount on. Have you managed, and like the answer to this is okay to be no, because I know how much you've got going on. Have you managed to start any of the promotion side? So I think I mentioned it last time I did one kind of introduction to my concept on the local page and I had some good reaction there. Um, you did challenge me last time to post a photo on my page showing you know, me holding up the application saying I was one step closer, which I did. Not sure if you saw it. I tried tagging you. Don't know if uh, with all the privacy settings or this or that, if it ended up alerting you. But yeah, I did that. I got a little bit of hits on that. But you know, a few people still saying can't wait and things of, things of that nature. So I was kind of waiting to hopefully get some type of a better idea of when we'd be opening before I put something out. But I guess I could still get on and just maybe post some pictures of my product and just say things are still rolling. Hope to have everything in place soon. Yes. And there's no reason why you can't start doing that and saying it's coming. We're working on it. There's absolutely no reason why you can't do that at all. I found the picture of you doing the paperwork. I love the post. (laughs) Paperwork does not fire me up, but being one step closer to making you tacos does. Good things are happening. Stay tuned and share the page with a friend. And there's a fantastic picture of you looking a little bit confused with a lot of paperwork. (laughs) That's genius. That's a great post. Well, thank you. You've inspired me with all of your uh, looks that you do, you know, for the the rebel entrepreneur. So, (laughs) My mum hates it. She's like, why can't you just pull a normal smile when you're photoing? Uh, It's too funny. What a fantastic photo. Okay, so you've done that, which, like, super impressed. We need to keep the marketing up because we're full steam ahead here, Keith. We're committed. We're in. We need to keep the marketing up. So if you can find a way to photograph some ingredients in the kitchen, have a photograph of you in your whites. I don't know, an old photograph saying of the tacos saying you're coming back and you're getting the truck ready. I know just some mini update that you can do to keep this going and keep the promotion going because we need to start working towards having that list of people to tell that the food's coming. Let's go for it. So what do you think the biggest challenges you've got going forward are, Keith? What's the issues we've got at the moment? What's the biggest challenges? Is there anything else that we've missed? Well, definitely one. As I get closer, I need to do basically like a dry run, possibly a soft opening. But I was thinking maybe just bring the trailer back to my house. I've got it in storage. That's a whole other story. But bring it back to the house and maybe just have my family, friends over and just fire up the equipment, make sure I know how to work it all because some of it's a little different than what I've used, you know, in the restaurant or in my tent and get a feel for everything and get all the kinks out before I get it fired up on the day of. So I love that. Test it on friends and family. I think that's great. And if they like it, make sure they review your page and do a share when you do it. Every time you feed them, you can go, Her Taco, I expect one review on my Facebook page, please. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) But I think that's a great idea to do the dry run. Make sure everything's smooth before you get out there. I think that's fantastic. Yep. 
you mentioned uh, family. I just have to mention this. This was pretty funny. My brother, who I'm pretty close with, he actually shared my post uh, when I uh, announced that we were opening up here, hopefully soon. And he said, a few years ago, I reached out to the universe and told the universe that I wanted my brother to come back to Arizona and bring his tacos with him. And the universe has <laughs> finally answered. <laughs> Thank you to the universe. The tacos are coming. Yes, the stars have aligned. Cool. So is there anything else I can help you with? Or do you think you've got most of it in motion for now? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at my list here. I think the big things we already talked about. I need to decide if I'm going to hire anybody to uh, help me out. I have a nephew who's extremely excited. Ever since I opened up in Ohio, you know, he was, I think, secretly hoping I'd end up here as well. He's like, oh, if you ever if you ever come back here, if you ever need help, I'm your man. And so uh, I would probably give him a shot and see how that goes. But obviously, you got to balance the cost versus the benefit and, um, you know, the other food truck guy I talked to him and his wife were able to handle it but he's uh you know a seasoned veteran that's worked in five-star restaurants and is used to just crazy amount of tickets and running around and everything so I'll probably have a little bit of help at the beginning see how it goes so yeah that's another another thing I need to work on it feels like that's the plan it feels like you've got all the balls in motion you know what you're doing it's the permit, the insurance, the van, the promotion, the dry run. feels like you've got a pretty good handle on that. Do you have a target date for opening, Keith? Are you still hopeful for this weekend, which is like two days away, or are you thinking it's the next <laughs> weekend? Yeah, I think the 20th was the date that I had thrown out before as kind of a target, which, yeah, that's like basically a little over a week. And yeah, I'd say at this point, that's probably becoming unrealistic, uh, which is kind of why I'd reached out to the the trailer owner to get that extension. So part of me is thinking that probably May could be a bust at this point. But if I could at least open up for those two weeks in June during that extension that he'd given me, you know, that gives me basically two or three weeks to get everything really in order and open up right instead of it would be preferable to open up a little later and have everything in order than to try to jump in and have it fail miserably and you know people are unhappy with the product or the service so so we're aiming to go for june which gives you two whole weekends to trade to test out the idea and go from there yep exactly so the last bit then I think that we need to look at is just to make sure that preparation is ready in terms of the promotion. Because I think you've got a grip on all of the different bits you've got to do to get it ready physically. We just need to make sure you've got customers. How else can we look forward? What else can we do in preparation for this? Well, I would say once I have something more solidified as far as the schedule, I could potentially reach out to uh, there's like a local newspaper, for example, they do newspaper, magazine, Facebook presence, and probably they're going to want some type of payment to promote things. But, you know, it's worth looking into at least. Yeah, I, I basically haven't looked too far beyond Facebook. And so that's something I'd have to sit down and brainstorm. I think I did mention trying to get like some food bloggers from the Phoenix area involved 
So who knows, I guess I could still reach out to some of them and say, hey, I'm a new concept that's going to be trying uh, my concept out, you know, in this town. Do you want to come get a first taste of it and let your followers know? Maybe I could even invite them to the family and friends get together and give them the exclusive. (laughs) Give them the exclusive, feed them with the family and friends. I think that's a great idea. I think that's fantastic. I would also say that just to get in the local paper doesn't always need to be a paid thing. There are ways to get into the local paper for free. Finding out the name of the local reporter, making a phone call, sending an email saying, like, I'm setting up here in town. This is what I'm doing. Here's why I'm doing it. Like, I've always wanted to do this. This is why I'm doing it. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fun. Sell them on the why. One of the keys to getting press is the quality of the photo. And I know you've got a few good photos of you in your whites with some of the tacos. So <laughs> yeah. like the quality of the photo will get them interested. And there's no reason why you can't reach out. You might just get them to write a story on you. You never know. You know, it's funny you say that because that actually did remind me. Um, they send out a copy for free of their magazine monthly, I believe. And I remember looking through um, at the ads and I think I did actually get on and try to get an idea of what they cost. And then I saw the guy in the front and I actually turned to my wife and I said, someday I'm going to be on the cover of this magazine for my tacos. And I said, (laughs) I'm not going to pay them a dime for advertising. I'm going to make it so compelling. They're going to come to me, begging me to to put me on the cover. (laughs) So, So, yeah, I think you got a good point there. So there's no reason you can't reach out. Explain the big why, why you're doing it, why it's exciting. And I think that is a great place to start. I think the food bloggers is a fantastic idea. Definitely as we get closer, it's reaching out individually to friends, family in the area and giving them something to share and say, please share this. And if we can create a little graphic of you the date and the location, maybe with a picture of the van in the background that everyone can share so they know it's coming. We need to like arm your biggest fans to do your promotion for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's one thing I learned with the experiment I did over in Ohio was just me posting on my page. If I didn't get any shares, the reach was, you know, relatively small. When my fans got excited about stuff and I saw 10, 20, sometimes even 30 shares, you know, that's when it really starts to make a big difference. So, yeah, I'll definitely start working on that. I do have my sister-in-law who's done all of my graphics for me. She did a great job. Everybody loves the logo. She nailed it, pulled the thoughts right out of my head and put it onto the paper. So I'll probably work with her to see if she can make me something really compelling that we can put out there. I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea. I would reach out to her this week and say, I'm just planning the launch date. It'll probably be this weekend at the beginning of June. Would you mind creating me a little graphic to say, like launching this date, this will be the food, something like that? Because we need to arm people. We need to give them the tools to help promote you because they all want to promote you. They all think you're great. We just need to give them the tools to do it. Exactly. Yeah, I would say between my siblings and their spouses, my parents, my wife's parents, and her whole side of the family, cousins, they all live in the area. And that alone is probably close to 100 people. So 
yeah, if they all share that, probably half of Phoenix will end up seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like that's the one technique you need, Keith. That sounds like the thing we should work on. Definitely. Excellent. So if you want to see Keith's page on Facebook, do look at Redheaded Step Taco. So you can look at the page there, see what he's up to and find out what Keith is doing right now. And you can also see the picture of him looking very confused with a lot of paperwork, (laughs) filling that out, which I think is excellent. Thanks, Alan. I want to congratulate you for saying the name of the restaurant correctly without any help. You nailed it this time. So <laughs> I did actually have it written down to make sure I get it oh, right, Keith. Sh- uh- <laughs> the, the, the audience doesn't know that, though, so it's okay. <laughs> awesome. So, Keith, just give me the summary. What are you off to do now? So, uh, first and foremost, going to keep following up with the food permit. And if I don't hear back from them, I'll reach out to them and do what I can to, I got to walk the line between being a pain in the backside and being, you know, vigilant. So um, I think I can probably do that and hopefully move it along a little bit and work on the insurance for the trailer, hopefully find an option where I can rent a vehicle as a backup plan in case I'm not able to secure my own towing vehicle in the meantime. And then do the soft opening slash, you know, kind of test uh, meal for family and friends, work out any kinks, and then get into the marketing, spread the word, and hopefully nail down a a specific date so we can start solidifying everything. This is going to keep you busy, Keith. Is there anyone you can draft in to help you with this lot? Do you have support? That is a great question. My wife is very verbally supportive but she has her hands full so she has seven uh, kids and she's very <laughs> close to bringing the eighth around like i think yeah she's yeah, yeah so, she has a lot going on yeah if we can make it through uh you know to the end of june and have the baby without her you know calling the whole taco thing off i'll call that a win so uh, like i said i do have many family in the area i can probably look down my list see if there's anything i can delegate my parents have both uh, recently entered retirement and they're both very, very helpful and uh, very on top of uh, tasks if you ask them to do things. So yeah, at this point, I'll probably just go through and see if there's anything that I can delegate. Uh, But yeah, that's a great point. I think it's just an interesting question because sometimes we forget to ask for help and people think as an entrepreneur, you have to do it all yourself. Like I'm an entrepreneur, I'll forge out there, I'll do it all. And it doesn't necessarily have to be so. And actually asking for help is a sign that you trust the other person. And most people will feel very flattered when you ask for help. Uh, When you sent a message saying, can we speak about this thing? I was very flattered. I'm flattered that you want to talk to me about this, Keith. So I think it's good. Like flatter some people, ask them for help. (laughs) Yeah, now that you mentioned it, actually, as soon as I uh, let my family know that I secured the trailer... That very first thing out of my sister's mouth was, what can we do to help? So I said, well, for now, just, you know, spread the word. But yeah, they're anxious as I am to get it off the ground, especially considering, like I said, a few of them live right here in the local town. So they're very excited to have a new food option. So it's uh, not just because I'm their brother, but because they want some uh, (laughs) more good food. So, (laughs) And the final question for you, Keith. What do you think the biggest thing you've learned from doing this process so far is? 
That is another great question. And I would say kind of like we discussed earlier, just always try to take a step back and kind of use the smart part of your brain, thinking part of your brain instead of the emotional part of your brain. And didn't quite get a chance to touch on some of this last time, but always have, I guess you could say an emergency fund or a kind of a buffer in mind. You know, we talked about, oh, the $5,000 down payment or deposit, but I knew there would be additional costs that would kind of come up just because I've been through this before. And, you know, what we thought was 2000 ended up being five or six or eight or whatever. So, um, like I said, we did have a bit of a cushion, so I wasn't so concerned about that. But, you know, we ended up having to pay for a rental truck to get the trailer. The hitch on the truck didn't fit properly, so I had to buy a new hitch. And then the HOA wouldn't allow us to place the trailer on our property because it's visible. So I had to find someone that would let me put it on their property. So all these little things add up. So definitely that goes along with that concept of just kind of taking a step back, put it all on paper, say, what am I missing here? What other kind of unknowns are there that I can plan for? That is great advice. I love it. And I feel like that's what we've been doing tonight about the next steps going forwards. So I feel like it's just time to make it happen, Keith. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Excellent. Keith, thank you for being open and honest And it is so incredibly valuable that you're sharing your journey, what's happened. And I really do want to say thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And, you know, it's funny. um, I was excited for the chance to come on your show and kind of let people follow my journey. And I was thinking, you know, they can uh, learn from me one way or the other, either because (laughs) I, I knock it out of the park and they say, wow, that's exactly what I should do. Or I fail miserably and they say, wow, that's what I should not do. So either way, hopefully people are learning along the way. And I'm happy to be the uh, guinea pig to help people out from one form or another. Oh, Keith, that's exactly what Simon and I say on our courses when we're teaching the Rebel Business School. We say basically the course is made up of all the things we've got wrong (laughs) because you don't have to make the same mistakes we've made. You can learn from those and then go out and make new mistakes. Exactly. I think it is a fantastic learning tool for everyone. And that's such a mature attitude. I love it. Well, thank you uh, once again for having me on and uh, look forward to the next time. Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the episode. There's three things I would love you to take away from listening to this. The first is, I think there is a fine line between diving in and learning along the way and doing all the research before you get started. And this comes down to knowing yourself. Are you someone who likes to research to the nth degree, likes to know every detail, likes to plan and plan and plan? And if that's you, then you need to press yourself to start before you're comfortable. Or are you someone who likes to just dive in and make it happen? You're spontaneous, you're excited, you just want to do it, so you dive in and get going. If that's you, maybe you should do a little bit more forward planning before you get started. And I think it's very difficult to give advice generally for every person that's launching a business. A lot of this comes down to knowing yourself. Quite often I talk about stop thinking and start doing. That advice is fantastic for the people who overthink. 
It's not great for the ones who just dive in and do things. The advice I need to give depends on who I'm speaking to. But I don't know you personally yet, so it's really difficult. So I would like you, if you're listening to this, to take a moment and reflect. Am I the person who dives in or am I the person who thinks too much? And depending on that, it will help you understand which way you need to move. So that's the first thing. The second is everything takes longer than you imagine it will. (laughs) Like it always takes longer than you think it will. I come up with a list of 27 things I want to do today. I get three done and I think, oh man, I should have got all of that done. But it always takes longer than you think it will, especially if you're relying on other people to deliver. If you're waiting for a permit, paperwork, you're waiting for a government department to get back to you, it always takes longer than you think it will. So give yourself a little bit of space. Give yourself some time. If you think it's going to take two weeks, allow three weeks. Give your space that little bit of time. And then if it does arrive a week early, you can just get on with it and do it. So just give yourself a little bit of space, especially if you're relying on someone else to come back to you. And the third thing I would love you to take away from this is once you are committed, there is no point ruminating about what has happened past. You've done it. We just need to get on and make it happen. And this is a lesson that I really needed to learn when I was younger. Because like, if I'd have made a mistake, if I'd have lost a few pounds, if I, when things went wrong, they always go wrong. When things went wrong, I would beat myself up over a bad decision that I've made in the past. But there's no point. It's done. We just need to take the learning, move forwards, commit and go for it. And I think Keith is doing that incredibly well. He's gone, okay, I should have probably given myself a bit more space. That's okay. I've learned for next time. Now I'm just going to press in and make this happen. And I think that's a really mature attitude just to get on with it. So if something's gone wrong in the past, take the learning, press in, make it happen anyway. That would be the advice. What a fascinating journey we're on. I cannot wait for the next episode to find out if Keith got the permit, what happened? Did he buy a church shuttle bus? Has he managed to get the insurance? Are we going to be opening during a mini experiment? I'm just fascinated to see what happens next. And I would like to say to you all, If you can support Keith on his Facebook page, if you know someone in Arizona to send his way, please do. Because his openness, his honesty, his willing to share the exact story that's going on helps us all to learn through his experience. And I think he should be applauded for that. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Have fun, make money, do good. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.